0: This is Cruise Radio.
1: If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com.
0: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This
1: is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Disney Cruise Line's Disney Fantasy Today, actually uh, from a guest who was on the very last sailing before the shutdown. And as always, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So the CDC has extended the no-sale order again.
2: Yes, so with the no sail order set to expire by mid-July, the CDC just issued an extension of that order. The new no sail order now runs through the month of September. Several cruise lines hope to begin cruising again mid-August, but that's not going to happen. In fact, Norwegian Cruise Line was trying to hold out hope that they could send a couple of ships up here to southeast Alaska at the tail end of the season, but of course... Canada extended their uh, border closures. So that's not going to happen either. And now the soonest we could see any ships back departing from the U.S. would be in October. And on a side note, um, we just got this information. Princess announced that they are planning to suspend cruising through December 15th. And this affects departures from just about Everywhere that includes Asia, Caribbean, California, Hawaii, Mexico, Panama Canal. Basically, everywhere except cruises that are going in and out of Australia.
1: Carnival Cruise Line has almost completed their crew repatriation.
2: Yes. So as of now, over 26,000 crew members have been repatriated worldwide. This includes cruise members from more than 25 different countries in the Caribbean and Latin America, all of which have participated in getting their citizens home. Earlier this week, Carnival said they expect less than 400 crew that are scattered among 27 ships still waiting for border openings and travel restrictions to be lifted. And Carnival Cruise Line hopes to return to service on October 1st, and that is, of course, dependent upon approval from the CDC after the cruise line submits their plans for safely returning to service. Yeah,
1: and I guess the silver lining here is that, well, one, the CDC didn't drag it out even longer, and two, they're open to receive the plans submitted by the cruise line, so we're looking forward to that. And I totally agree. Finally, some news for Carnival Mardi Gras. The ship was supposed to be out in August, then got pushed, and then pushed one more time, but Carnival uh, said it's coming along quite well.
2: Yep, so apparently Mardi Gras is under construction at the shipyard in Finland, Already installed is the beginning of Bolt, that roller coaster that we've heard about, the first one on a ship ever, Um, and it's going to have 800 feet of suspended track, so that would be kind of interesting to see how that's all put together. The track will skirt two decks at 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 a breathtaking height of 187 feet above the ocean, All of the ship's staterooms and suites have been installed. They're modular, of course. There's over 2,600 of them. And they are now ready for interior work to begin. Some of the indoor public spaces, including dining venues, are taking shape, though there's still a long way to go with those. And as you mentioned, the debut for Mardi Gras has been changed yet again. The first date change happened last April when Carnival Cruise Line moved the date From August 2020 till November, and then this month, the November 2020 date was pushed even further ahead, and now we're looking at February of next year.
1: And one last piece of Carnival news.
2: Yeah, so last week, we reported on Carnival Fantasy being sold, and this week, it looks like Carnival Inspiration, launched in 1996, is also on the way out. Though Carnival Cruise Line refused to confirm or deny the sale, a voyage plan does show the ship heading to Izmir, Turkey, and most likely to the old cruise ship graveyard where the ship will be broken apart for scrap. Uh, The Securities and Exchange Commission documents that were filed by Carnival Corporation indicated that Carnival has indeed sold 13 cruise ships, which is a 9% decrease in the fleet. So I wonder which ship will be next.
1: Yeah. I mean, we still have a handful left because we haven't quite got to 13 yet, but it seems like we will be getting there pretty soon. Uh, This is, uh, yeah, we're having the COVID spikes everywhere, and it looks like Freeport is now on a two-week mandatory lockdown.
2: Yeah, so earlier this week, the Bahamian Prime Minister Hubert Minnis decided that due to the spike in COVID-19, especially on Grand Bahama Island, the entire island, which is where Freeport is located, is now on a two-week lockdown. The order is effective as of 7 p.m. Thursday, July 23rd, and runs through Friday, August 7th at 5 a.m. Domestic flights to and from Freeport's Grand Bahama International Airport has have also stopped for the duration of the lockdown. And to make sure that people don't try to leave on boats, the island's defense force is monitoring the harbor, the harbors, and the perimeter of the island. The Bahamian government is allowing tourists to vacation on their other islands, however, and that includes the island of New Providence that has Nassau and the little island of Paradise Island. However, the invitation is for Canadians, people from the UK, and the European Union. No one from the United States is permitted to enter.
1: So last week when we were taping, this news just came across the wire. And it looks like we know a little bit more now on where those two Holland America ships that were sold, where they're going.
2: Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, we said that Holland America last week, we had news that they had sold four of their ships, the Mazdam, the Veendam, the Amsterdam, and the Rotterdam. And now we've learned that Fred Olsen Cruise Line, which is a Norwegian company, but it's based in the UK, has purchased two of those ships. So the small ship cruise line is the new owner of the 1,380 passenger Amsterdam and the 1,404 passenger Rotterdam. The ships will undergo some refurbishment and then they will emerge with new names. The Amsterdam will be the Bolette and Rotterdam will become Borealis.
1: Amsterdam and Rotterdam. I, I think I, I've been in port with Amsterdam before. I don't think I've ever seen Rotterdam. Have you been on either of those?
2: I was on the Amsterdam. I think I did a transatlantic on that once, mm-hmm. and I might have had lunch on the Rotterdam. Okay. But they're nice small ships. I just, it just, I'm so glad that some, a company that specializes in small ship cruising was able to purchase them and fix them up, and, uh, and they can still sail. They're not that old.
1: Yeah, there's something to be said about those smaller ships. Very quaint. Listener question comes from Philip this week. Email yours to Doug at cruiseradio.net. I personally think my October cruise is going to be canceled. I originally booked it with a personal vacation planner at Carnival Cruise Line. My question is, will I lose that $600 onboard credit if I rebook that cruise with a travel agent instead?
2: Well, hi, Philip. and No, you won't lose anything. You own your future cruise credits as well as any onboard credits that were attached to your original booking. It doesn't matter how you choose to rebook your cruise, whether you decide to go with an independent travel agent or back to a PVP at Carnival. But be sure to check the expiration date that they give you to rebook your cruise if it should get canceled or suspended, as they like to call it. And be sure and stay within the required dates that apply to your suspended cruise. Um, You know, some of them say book by December 31st of this year, and some say book by May 31st of 2021. So just check the rules and regulations if your cruise does get changed and, um, you know, record your booking number, keep all the information they send you, and you can go anywhere you want to rebook your cruise. And that's why you are
1: Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com, because you know everything. Sherry, thank you, as always.
2: Thanks, Doug. If you
0: have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device,
1: ask her to enable the
0: Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio.
1: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip.
0: Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net.
1: PJ and his family a few months ago went on Disney Fantasy, a seven-night cruise. Actually, one of the very last cruises to sail from Florida uh, because of the shutdown. PJ joins us on the line. Hey, buddy.
0: Hey, Doug, how are you doing?
1: Good, man. Can't wait to talk all about this, especially this kind of weird time you are sailing for the cruise industry. But before we get to Disney Fantasy, as we always do, we take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. Uh, What made you want to sail this seven-night cruise on Disney Fantasy?
0: We'd done one Disney cruise before out of Galveston, and we really wanted to try one of their bigger ships and and do another Disney cruise because it's kind of a special experience before my, my daughters get too old for it. And so that was our, our biggest driver. And then we just being at based in Houston, we go do a lot of Western Caribbean itineraries. And so we wanted to try something more to the Eastern uh, Caribbean where we don't get usually get to go.
1: Okay. And then you um you you're from Houston, and you flew into Florida, but I understand you flew into Tampa instead of Orlando.
0: Yeah, it was actually a few hundred bucks cheaper for the four of us to fly into Tampa versus uh, Orlando, just based on because it's a spring break and and going to Florida, it's a little bit tough to get uh, airline tickets sometimes. So it, it was really beneficial to look around nearby airports we checked jacksonville we checked tampa we checked even in like miami and and west palm beach and tampa was the best deal going in but uh we we actually flew out of uh, orlando on the way back
1: okay so you when you fly into tampa and you get a one-way rental car now usually they charge an arm and a leg for that one-way drop-off
0: yeah they didn't this time around I, i rented um i think it was alamo we rented from and it they they have a, a drop-off right there by the cruise port, and mm-hmm. there wasn't, an if there was a, a one-way drop-off fee, it was it was very very small. Okay, I think we paid. We got a minivan, and I think it would cost us less than 120 bucks for the day.
1: How does that work? Do you drop it off like outside of the port, and there's a shuttle that takes you there, or are you responsible for your own transportation?
0: Yeah, so what we did is I actually took the family and dropped them and the luggage off at the actual uh, cruise terminal, and then I just took the van by myself over to the rental car agency, and Mm -hmm. then they they had a shuttle service to take you back to any of the three uh, cruise terminals.
1: Okay, very good. So you make your way to Disney Fantasy. How was embarkation? Embarkation was a little bit
0: slow, especially compared to some other cruises we've been on recently. I think part of it was there's the additional forms you had to fill out because of the coronavirus that that was starting to come in at the time. So there's a pretty lengthy line to go through to actually complete your forms and get your picture taken and get your cruise card. They haven't gone to the the whole, you know, take your own picture on the app or pre-printing your cruise cards and have it waiting for you at the room like other cruise lines have. Then once we got done with that part, we had to wait a little bit for our, our group to be called to board. And then the actual boarding process was a little bit delayed because they had some actual local nurses standing there taking everybody's temperature as they came on board. So a little bit different than the previous things, but I'd say overall curve to ship was probably about 45 to 60 minutes to get on. So okay. not terrible.
1: And you make your way on board at Disney fantasy. What were your impressions?
0: Well, first off the, Disney does a great thing when you first come on board and that's, they, they actually get your family name and they announce you as you come on board. So they, they, they have officers there or people in the, in the dress whites saying, you know, Disney fantasy, welcome aboard the Gustafson family and, and everybody cheers and it's a great thing. And, so it's just kind of a way to welcome you aboard and make you really feel really special. As far as the ship itself, it's just gorgeous. Disney does a great job of designing their ships to really kind of emulate the classic luxury ocean liner feel. And so kind of like an old school feeling to it, Kind of maybe Art Deco, Art Nouveau, but it's just gorgeous. I love it. There's the a lot of great polishes and finishes on everything.
1: Probably a little bit different from Carnival Panorama back in December when you sailed, right?
0: Uh, a little bit, but yeah. still, I mean... That was still very beautiful, but in a much more modern and clean sure. lines way. So it's, right. it's everything's got its own type of, of beauty. You just got you know, depending on what your taste is, which would would you prefer?
1: Sure. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book on this seven night cruise, and what did you think of it? We
0: got an aft facing balcony. This is our first time to get an aft facing balcony room, and it was really really great. There was plenty of room for four of us. Disney, you know, really designs their ships with family cruising in mind, so all their their rooms are. You know, spacious by today's standards, especially compared to the standard balcony room on the panorama that we had uh, a few months ago. The great thing about the Disney state rooms is that they have the double bathrooms in every room. So they have one bathroom that's got the commode in the sink, and then they have another one that has an actual bathtub in a sink. And so there's plenty of, uh, of opportunity for, for people to get ready and not have to wait on each other and fall over each other. Plenty of storage in the room too. Lots of great closet space and, and drawers and everything to put stuff in. One thing I will say is there's, there aren't any plugs near the beds. And so I, I, I use a CPAP machine. So I had to run the cord for my CPAP across the room, but still it wasn't, wasn't that bad of a thing.
1: Since you use a CPAP machine, are the cruise lines weird or do they question you when you bring your own water on board?
0: Actually, I don't bring my own water board. They they do a uh, great job. You just tell them ahead of time. You just contact their special services department and say, I need a, a, a gallon of distilled water, and they have it for you in the room.
1: If you wanted to bring your own, could you because you have a machine or do you have to buy it from them?
0: They actually offered it complimentary. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't wow. think I've paid for it before because of the, the disability and having the machine. Um, wow. But if I did have to pay for it, it would be like two or three bucks. Gotcha. So <laughs> there you go. I'd much rather do that than have to stop at a store and try to figure out how to haul it and carry yeah. it with me of uh, all my carry-on bags.
1: See, you taught me something. I didn't realize it was uh, complimentary or – well, I guess – It's not really complimentary because you're paying for it, but yeah, they give it to you.
0: It's included in the cost. It's not free.
1: (laughs) There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about dining on board Disney fantasy. Now they have rotational dining, which means you eat at a different dining room every night. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So they have three main dining rooms and you're assigned a a table and a serving team. And what's great about this is your table numbers and your serving team stays with you throughout all three dining rooms. And so Basically, when you get there and you get your cruise card, on your cruise card, it's printed what your rotation will be. So essentially, on a seven-night cruise, you do each dining room twice and then one the third time. In the dining rooms on this ship, they're called the Royal Court, which is kind of like a royal palace themed. There's one that's called the Enchanted Garden, which is themed after the Gardens of Versailles. And then there's the Animator's Palette, which is kind of talk about the art of animation and the walls glow and have different drawing things and, and little little show on there on the walls and the screens during the uh, dinner as well. Food is Always great in the main dining room. Good selection. They do have different menus for the two different nights that you're in the dining room. And the third night, which is the I guess the fourth night of the cruise, is pirate theme night. So they have a special pirate theme menu that's the same in any dining room across the ship.
1: Okay, very cool. Now, is the pirate night always the firework night? Yes. Okay. Yeah, on the
0: on the Caribbean sailings, that's correct. So, and I'm not sure what it is on the shorter sailings, but on the seven days, it's it's the fourth night of the cruise mm-hmm. and so you have embarkation day then usually a couple of sea days and then the, the fourth night is your pirate theme night where they have the special pirate theme menu all the crew members are wearing pirate theme outfits and uniforms the they do a special deck party at, in the evening where they have um, all the, the the disney characters mickey mouse and friends are all dressed up as pirates and then they have the big fireworks display at the end of the night
1: oh very cool did you get to take part in that really good brunch
0: They have two specialty restaurants on board the ship, Paolo and Remy. Paolo's an Italian theme, and and Remy is is, uh, French. And both offer uh, a brunch or dinner experience. And that's kind of a hot ticket to get. Uh, You'll definitely need to make sure you you check early and often to try to book a spot. And if you don't get it, check once you're on board, because they do hold off a bunch of spots uh, and reservations for people once they board. But we did the the Paolo brunch, which is just, I guess, decadence as its It's, uh, finest. You go in, you have a whole charcuterie buffet i would best call it there's lots of different meats and lots of other different dishes too between smoked salmon tartare and a bunch of different breads and fruits and and just the world's your oyster (laughs) so when it comes to it and then um and then you can order your main courses too and so the 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 Big thing to get on there is the chicken parmesan. That's what they're really famous for, and that's the the best thing really on the menu. And their lasagna is really quite nice too. But it's a it takes about forty bucks a person, if I recall correctly. But definitely well worth it for the experience. We had done the Palo dinner as well on a previous Disney cruise, and that was that was good. But this uh, the brunch is I think the, the better ticket to get.
1: I guess the big question is: Do they have crab legs at the brunch?
0: They don't have the brunch, but they often do on the actual regular Cabanas Buffet.
1: Whoa. Okay. Well, talk to us about Cabanas then.
0: Yeah. So, let's talk about Cabanas. So, when you go on a cruise ship buffet these days you tip on a mass market cruise line you don't typically see things like lobster claws and crab legs and roast rack of lamb uh, mm-hmm. on the buffet with the, that's something that they do offer on various days throughout the the sailing uh in the cabanas buffet uh, on disney so you are paying a premium for a disney cruise but you do get some some of that value or, or a lot of that value back you know, with the food selection and the, and the food quality so Yeah, definitely have crab legs and lobster claws and and different things available, plus your normal stuff, the burgers, fries, chicken fingers. So they had good selection, and uh, the quality was excellent. However, the one thing I have against the, the Cabana's Buffet is that the way it's set up is they kind of have multiple like mini stations with different stacks of plates at each one. And there's no clear set way that you're supposed to navigate through. So, yeah, you know, I try not to be that guy that grabs a plate and then the cuts in line in the middle of the buffet just to get the one thing I want. Right. So, it, it, you don't. it's not unclear whether you're supposed to progress from one station to the next or if you just kind of grab a plate, go to that one station and walk away and come back to a different station for the other stuff you want or, or what you need to do. So it's that's a little bit different and confusing.
1: They also have a character brunch on board. Did you do that?
0: Yes, yeah, so it's a Disney Junior breakfast, and my my girls are are um, you know, five and seven at the time of the sailing, and so they're both into you know Sofia the First and Vampirina and those characters. Uh, so we did do that. It takes place in Animator's Palette, uh, one of the first mornings of the cruise. It is a free thing to do, but well, I, it's included in the cost of your cruise, I should say. But it's mm-hmm. um, it is a, a, a reservation only thing, so you definitely need to get yourself a spot. Again, food was good, lots of cute little things. And then, and then all the uh, different characters come around to the different tables and take pictures and, and uh, sign autographs and stuff.
1: So since you have to make reservations for it, does it typically sell out? Uh, yes, it does. So okay. the way
0: that Disney does their, their pre-cruise reservations is based on your loyalty level. And the way that Disney does their loyalty program is based on the number of sailings that you've done. So for example, if you've done seven three-day cruises, uh, you have a higher status than someone who's done three seven-day cruises. Okay. Even though you have the same number of days at sea, so that's that's yeah. one kind of frustrating thing. So, and then they open up the the booking window for the platinum guests, you know, something like two months before, and then the gold guests are ninety days and silver sixty, and then the the, the first timers only get like thirty days or something like that to book. So it's oh. um, I could be wrong on those actual numbers, but the, you kind of get the picture of a of a tiered system. So if you're a first-time cruiser on Disney, a lot of the stuff that you might want to do is already booked by the time you get access to it.
1: Interesting. So this is a lot like Disney World then where you can kind of pick what you want to do before you even get to the park.
0: For a lot of it, yeah. There yeah. are a lot of like open – you know, like for example, character appearances. They mm-hmm. have the Marvel characters and, and some of the other Disney characters and princesses where they'll show up in the um, – and the cruise planning app and in, in your daily newsletter when they're going to be at a certain place and there's a lot of open things but there's also specific meet and greet times that are ticketed events where there's no additional cost for it but you need to book a reservation to go meet anna and elsa or go meet the certain princesses
1: okay fair so enough there's there's a combination and uh, any poolside dining
0: yeah so they have a couple of grab-and-go places there's a, a typical you know pizza burgers and fries and and um wraps and then the uh, chicken fingers place and those were all really good they had a different piece of the day every day which was really tasty and, and interesting combinations too uh, we also did room service one night too my, my younger daughter got a little tired by the end of the days and so sometimes she just was not in any shape to spend two hours in a dining room mm-hmm. and so there's a couple nights where i took her back to the room and i just ordered room service and watched some of the uh, free old school disney movies that are on their tv and and um Room service selection and quality was always was always top-notch as well.
1: I'm curious, back to uh, Cabana's, the buffet for a second, because this was leading up to the basically the weekend you got back, the industry shut down. Was the buffet any different at that time?
0: Yeah, so that's, that's a very interesting observation. So the way that this itinerary works is we had two sea days up front, we had two port days, then we had a sea day and a port day before coming back. So we had kind of a split port days there. We left St. Thomas and then the next morning we would go look up for our sea day and all the buffet utensils were turned inward and there was crew members there serving you. And they had roped off all the self-service drink stations because sodas are included on Disney. So they've roped off those self-service drink stations, self-service ice cream, and they had crew members there serving you for everything. And okay. so that was just kind of the first inclination that something had changed. Yeah. And then that evening the captain made a major, uh, big announcement that you know, due to this, uh, the Disney Cruise Line says they're going to do a pause in operations. That after we concluded our cruise, there would be nobody getting on at least until March thirty first, which now we now know has extended well beyond that. We were relieved that we were still able to make our last port call at their private island.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow, so weird. Weird times. Kind, around kind of right changed
0: now. the mood of the. Sh- I mean, everyone was kind of on edge. Never, ever anyway, but I got to say, even before that, they were doing an excellent job of sanitizing the ship. I mean, they. I mean, you touch a handrail on a staircase and it's wet because a crew member had just been there thirty seconds before wiping it down with sanitizing solution. I mean, you probably could have eaten off the floor <laughs> and been yeah. safe on the ship.
1: Yeah, I was at Disney um, a day before. Your your cruise got back, and it was a very eerie feeling there. A lot of cleaning and sanitation happening. and Yeah, just so odd. Um, so let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. What did you think of it?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really good. They had some uh, pretty decent roving musical acts. Um, and when we last talked about the panorama, I talked about the, my love for the, the acoustic guitarists and, and the musicians they had on board there. These were Pretty good, still not to that level of quality, I think, for the, uh, for as far as engaging the audience. They're just kind of more sitting there as background music in the different venues. But they did have three different acoustic guitar groups and and a solo violinist on board, which were all uh, really good to listen to, as well as a house band. I played in certain venues, too. One thing that really surprised me that we did was they had a silent disco in one of the nightclubs a couple nights. And they had one that was like an earlier in the evening for the families. and They had a late night one. And I had heard of silent discos. And I always thought that's kind of some kind of fun, trendy thing that I'm not really cool enough to, to do. Mm-hmm. But my wife and I decided we were just going to pop in there and check it out and just, just if nothing else, get a couple of laughs. And we actually had a really good time. It was just kind of fun. You have, the, the headset they give you has three different channels on it, and you can just switch the channel to see what type of music is being played on, on that channel. So you could be standing next to someone, you know, if your headset's on the blue channel and they're on the green, then you could be dancing to two different completely types of music. But what's kind of fun is seeing that, like, you know, Hearing people sing along, so if you take the headset off, you can't hear the music, but you hear different groups of people singing different songs. And then you could tell when a good song came on one of the channels, because gradually as you look around the room, everybody's headset changed colors as they switched to that channel.
1: Interesting. So whenever we did it on Norwegian Encore, you had to actually stand in the zone of the light that was coming out of the ceiling. So it automatically switched. So if you went... Over to the green light, it was 80s music. The yellow light could be 90s music. You could tell what a really popular or trendy song came on because the whole bar would be trying to stand under the green light. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Now, this was um, – everybody kind of intermixed on this. And it just you had a switch on the headset where you can do A, B, or C mm-hmm. um, and, and choose which channel you want to listen to. And then the, the light on your headset would change color based on which channel you were on. So you can see what someone else was listening to as you were near them.
1: These shows on the ship are, are reservations required there? No, they're not actually. Uh, so that's just,
0: that's one thing that reservations aren't required. But they do have a couple shows a night, and the, the theater is pretty good size. And the stage shows are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it, it's Disney; they're an entertainment company, and they have uh, recently added the Frozen show to this ship, as well as the mm-hmm. Aladdin show. And then they have uh, something called Disney Dreams or the, the Mickey Awards or something like that. I forget which one the third one was. I didn't catch that one. But both of those, the talent was just amazing. And uh, between the, the talent and the special effects on the Frozen show, I still maintain that's one of the best stage productions I've seen on land or sea. Really great.
1: Awesome. And there is no casino on this ship. So we'll move right to the sea day. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion?
0: CDs were great. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the panorama that we went on back in, in December and you know, the, the carnival panorama and Disney fantasy are within a few, few tons of each other as far as the ship size, but the fantasy only holds 2,500 guests versus the 4,000 of the panorama. Right. So it's, you got just a little over half the number of people on board. Mm-hmm. So definitely not really crowded or congested at all. No issues finding spaces to sit near the pool. The aqueduct line got a little bit uh, long sometimes, but you still, you know, were able to do that in less than thirty minutes and 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 enjoy that. That's the uh, tube uh, water raft slide that goes around the uh, the perimeter of the ship up above.
1: So I'm really claustrophobic. Would I have an issue in that?
0: I don't think so. There's a couple enclosed sections, but uh, most of it is a clear tube. And so you can see outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the appeal of it, too, is you can you see that you're, you're far above the deck of the ship and above the ocean. And there's one part where you do a little loop around the side of the ship. And really, it's not a thrill ride, I would say. It's it's kind of a relaxing journey. But um, you're on a raft and just enjoying the open views around you.
1: See, on Norwegian Encore, people were getting stuck in the clear tube the, uh, on the part that goes upside down. And ah. nothing would terrify me more than being trapped in there and them having to open an emergency door to pull my butt out of there.
0: Yeah, we, we have a local water park that has a, a slide kind of like that where you uh-huh. go upside down. And you know, I've seen some people get stuck in there too. But um, no, this was this is just a, a raft journey. And they actually have water jets that propel you through different parts as well. That's awesome. Also, on the sea days, that they, they did have a lot of scheduled activities. Uh, so you, there's different uh, cooking demonstrations and, and trivia games and things like that. They don't have a casino, but that means that the kids club takes up almost an entire deck of the ship. And so the girls uh, really enjoyed that. There's lots of different areas for different that are themed different ways, with between Marvel superheroes and Andy's room from the Toy Story and, and things like that. One great thing they have is they actually have a movie theater on board that shows brand new releases too. So if a movie gets released in theaters, that, that gets released on the ship that same day, and you can go see those movies at no additional cost. So we saw Frozen two probably about three or four times during that <laughs> that, that sailing. And the last thing I'll mention is that uh, they also have this activity called the detective agency where you can go to one of two stations, either on deck five or deck two, pick up a card, and then they have little magic art things around the ship where you stand in front of it, you hold up your card to it, and then a little video clip will play either with the Disney characters or the Muppets, Mm. and you kind of go through and solve a a little detective mystery. So that's kind of a fun way to kill a couple hours on a sea day.
1: Very cool. So let's talk about the ports of call on this seven-night Eastern Caribbean itinerary. So give us the port of call, your highlight, and then move to the next one.
0: Yeah, so we start out with Tortola, and there we put the third-party excursion with Adventure Charters BVI, and we did the Norman Island Snorkel, and that was just an all-around great experience. They limited the passengers to like 15 to 20, so you have plenty of room to move around the ship the crew was fantastic uh even that the owner's little girl that was kind of on the ship as as a crew hand as well that's the same age as my daughter so she was kind of showing them the ropes so to speak no pun intended mm. great snorkeling on the different islands the cave snorkel and then we went to a uh, pirate's cave where there's a little little bar restaurant there on the beach that we can visit as well that was a lot of fun uh saint thomas we just took the gondola to the top of the mountain from the cruise port area and we ate at the restaurant there there's um ton of ships in port that day between the two ports and lots of big ones so we we just kind of stayed close to the uh to the, the cruise port that day and then our last stop was at Disney's Castaway Cay so we just did a beach day there and so enjoyed you know some some shore snorkeling and swimming in the ocean and checking out the little, the water features and play areas that they have there as well
1: did you run the 5k
0: I didn't do it this time we did that the first time mm-hmm. uh, we we did so we we have the medal we have the t-shirt check okay. the box and we're we're good to go
1: no reason to do it again, right?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> How was the food yeah, on good. Castaway?
0: Food was really good on Castaway. They have you know, typical burgers, fries, barbecue chicken. So good selection, good quality. If you go out to the adult beach, the restaurant there actually has steaks as well. So if you a little tip, if you're wow. if you're a grown up and you're not yeah, you know, they don't have the kids there or you want to drop the kids off in the in the kids club on shore, which they do have a separate kids club on shore where you could drop the kids off. Mm-hmm. Then you can head up to the adults only beach and grab a steak for lunch and and enjoy the the views out there too.
1: Nice. And did you do any of the like offshore Don't they have some like sunken treasures or statues out there?
0: Yeah, so they have a snorkeling course off mm-hmm. of one of the beaches and yeah. You can go through and um, snorkel around, and they have little statues, and they have one of the old Nautilus boats from the old uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea awesome. ride at Disney World. Yeah. Uh, they have that sunk down the bottom there. So there's there's things you can spot as you snorkel around in that area.
1: So you make your way back to Port Canaveral. How was disembarkation? I mean, was it was it weird knowing that you could be one of the last people sailing for a while?
0: Yeah, it was absolutely was. It was a little bit more relaxed. They weren't as big of a rush to get us off the ship because they didn't have anybody coming back on board.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, talking to to our servers and our room steward, there's a lot of uncertainty on their side. And and talked to some of the entertainers. They said, "Yeah, we're actually getting off now too because they don't know when they're going to need us back." That was kind of interesting. So it was it was a smooth process and it was fairly efficient. But it, it, everybody's kind of you know subdued and morose. Cause it was wasn't really. I mean, everybody's kind of bummed out when their cruise is over anyway. But this was like a you know. A lot of uncertainty in the air, I'd say.
1: Yeah, for um, sure.
0: But we uh, we took the shuttle over to the car rental agency. I think, I'm sorry, backing up, uh, shift to curb is, I mean, going through customs was pretty easy. I'd take probably 20 minutes. Okay. Um, there's a bit of a line, but we had no problem getting our bags and getting out. And then we took the shuttle over to the rental car agency, picked up our, our rental car for the day, and then we flew out of Orlando that night. So right. we had several hours to kill. So we ended up going to like a, a park in uh, Port Canaveral mm-hmm. and let the girls play in the playground for a little bit and then sanitize the heck out of them. <laughs> and then we uh, then we went to Disney Springs for a while, had lunch, walked around the shops, and then we went to the airport and kind of hung out there until it was time for our flight.
1: Okay. And looking back, do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone either sailing Disney Fantasy or doing that Eastern Caribbean itinerary?
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of incorporated some of these in, in, in the discussion, but um, definitely... Don't stress out if you can't get the reservations that you wanted ahead of time especially if you're a first timer and everything's just completely booked up by the time you, you get to it when you get on board go to guest services or go to the to the the dining desk which is usually at one of the restaurants and you can make your reservations there they they usually have something held back uh, for such situations so don't stress too much about it also, Disney cruisers are rather fanatical, although there's a lot of hardcore people that are just just career Disney cruisers. And so they have all these different things called pixie dusting and fish extender groups. And so a fish extender, outside each stateroom door, there's a little uh, paper clip that's in the shape of a fish. And so what people do is they'll, they'll purchase or they'll make these little things that hang from these fish that are pockets for each person in the family. And then you can join groups on Facebook for your sailing and exchange gifts for everybody, which to me just sounds like a whole heck of a lot of work that i do <laughs> with. Plus a bunch of extra stuff I've got to carry with me and carry home. So we, yeah. did, we didn't participate in that, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do and they have a lot of great fun with it. So it, it's up to you whether you want to do it, but you're going to have a great cruise if you, know, if you don't. And then the pixie dusting is just when people leave random gifts for you at your door. So we did have a couple people leave some random gifts for, for my girls, which is really nice. Yeah. But um, awesome. the, as far as must-do's on the ship, the Palo brunch is a truly special thing, and, mm-hmm. the, um, and the, the stage shows definitely are worth, worth seeing.
1: Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you?
0: You know, I think that charter on, on Tortola, Adventure Charters BVI, they were fantastic. It's a small, you know, family-owned business, and they just do a great job taking care of their, their customers, and just beautiful place to go snorkeling.
1: I've been asking this question a lot recently, so I'm going to ask you, kind of a curveball here, what are your thoughts on cruising post-COVID?
0: If it was just me, I would just say put me on a ship and just let me do donuts in the middle of the ocean for seven days. I don't Mm -hmm. care. I just want to get on board a ship. So I was really intrigued by your little casino ship uh, excursion a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, there's it comes and goes, right? I think a, a cruise ship is probably one of the safest places you could possibly be. They get a really bad rap in the media that's that's totally undeserved as far as being the, the floating petri dish, quote-unquote. I felt much safer on that ship than I certainly did going to Disney Springs or getting on an airplane that night to come home. Yeah, um, Just with the level of sanitation and care that they were exhibiting. Gotcha. So I definitely look forward to cruising in a post-COVID world. You know, the mask thing, if they make you wear masks in certain public areas or or during large gatherings, that doesn't bother me so much. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to wear one when I'm walking around and hanging out by the pool. But, um, you know, if it's what I got to do to keep cruising, then then I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you, man. Well, final thoughts of Disney Fantasy.
0: It's a gorgeous ship with a great crew and, and you'll have a great time. Yeah, it's pricey. And you're going to pay a premium for it, but you get a premium service. It's a first-class experience all the way. So it's worth the splurge
1: at least once in your life. We've been talking with PJ about his seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise out of Port Canaveral on Disney Fantasy. PJ, as always, thanks for being here, my friend.
0: Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Radio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer!